Do you wish that you could spend less time editing? Yes, I do too. And if you said no, you're lying. To make your editing life easier, let's talk about our podcast sponsor today, Filter Pixel. Filter Pixel is an AI culling application that helps you organize your photos post shoot. It's literally so fast and it'll automatically select your best photos based on focus and eye quality. I've been using Filter Pixel and not only does it load my RAWs so fast, it also sorts my photos within minutes. Yes, minutes. Filter Pixel sorts my photos into different categories so I can know which photos have issues and which don't. And it even creates tags based on the pose and the type of photo. So it will do a tag like perfect focus, dancing, and even hugs. Once you start using Filter Pixel, you're going to have so many less culling hours that you're going to have more happy hours. Go to filterpixel.com and use the code OSHOOT for 10% off. That's filterpixel.com for 10% off. It'll also be linked in the description. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment or keep my sanity. Wisdom rushing in so much clearer now. Getting a little bit higher with every step I take, I'm getting good. Getting a little bit better, I'm climbing to the top. Never gonna stop. I'm getting good. Oh. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Oshu. I am chatting today with Carissa Wu, who is um, a wedding photographer based in LA, and she has a lot of good stuff to share with us today. So I'm very, very excited to be chatting with her. So Carissa, say hi, kind of let everyone know who you are, what you do. Hi, everyone. I'm Carissa Wu, and I'm from Torrance, California. That's near Los Angeles, uh, born and raised and I've been a wedding photographer for 12 years and I still do it, but I'm kind of in transition to being a full-time coach for wedding photographers. And yeah, I, I'm really into colorful weddings and yeah. really vibrant couples. And oh, it's so I, fun. Yeah. Thank I love you. It. Yeah. Cool. So how did you get started in photography then? Kind of like take me back to like the beginning of it all 12 years ago. Like where, where did it start? Yeah, so I went to UC Riverside and I got an economics degree, super boring, and I worked in <laughs> advertising for about two years. Um, we were on the campaign Toyota, so we did a lot of the online advertising, and then recession happened like 2009, so I got out, um, and I, that was like my expiration time of my life. I was like in my mid twenties. Um, and yeah, I found photography. I never tell a story, but I actually own like this framing company with my dad. Oh, and it was one of those, like I had like a 10 K like mat board cutter and you would like write the names in it and put like the, the photo behind it super random. Okay. Um, but this lady, this bride showed lady found me on Google and because I had like this beautiful, frame for weddings, like the person's name or the date or like I do. And then she actually asked me to do a bride show um, oh. with Bridal World. So this is back when like bride shows are popular. Yeah. And so sure. And that's how I kind of got in the wedding world. And I was selling my like $40 frames 
That's cool. Um, yeah. And then so there was a lot of photographers out there really bad. And I was like, dude, I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I can do better. <laughs> I never tell that story ever. <laughs> That's so funny. It, yeah. I feel like I also got introduced in the wedding world. I was doing like wedding hair actually and like oh. bride's hair and stuff. And then I was doing like weddings every weekend and it kind of felt like I already knew stuff about weddings. So then I just, obviously like there was a little bit more between it, but yeah, like I felt like I got interested in weddings before I even knew photography, which is just funny. It's funny how it all kind of aligns like that. Yeah, I had no idea what wedding photography was. Um, but, you know, when I found out about photography, I had the bride list, which is like the email list, which everyone right. talks about, you know, like years later. But I had that 400 brides on the list. So I just, you know, mass emailed everyone. Hey, I'll shoot your wedding for, you know, 800 bucks. And that's yeah. how I got started. <laughs> wow. And did you get people from that email? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Oh I booked gosh. 50 weddings the first year. You said 50? Yeah, I was insane. Jeez, uh, did yeah. you survive? Are you okay? No, I would like be crying at the yeah. like after the wedding. <gasps> oh, wow. So <laughs> you're like the opposite. A lot of people are trying to get bookings and you're like, no, like I don't want any more. Like this is too much. Yeah, it was just, I didn't know anything. Um, I kind of just hit the ground running. Um, but I didn't, I went to WPPI after I booked all those weddings and I was just mind blown that there was so much talent out there. Yeah. And if I had gone there earlier, I would have had like that mindset of like, oh, I'm not good enough. So it was actually like, you know, blessing in disguise. Right. That is so cool. Okay. So then what did your transition to full-time wedding photography look like from when you were sending out an email to 400 brides to full-time? It was kind of like already full-time because I just up and quit the okay. Um, so I had pretty much nothing to do. So I had yeah. all the time in the world. And I think it's important because I, I think, you know, you could keep your nine to five and transition slowly, but wedding photography is such like a full-time job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. It, it really is. It's hard to do wedding photography and not give it your all, you know, it's almost like you're, you feel like you're missing out on something you're like what what could I be booking if I spent all my time on this you know so yeah exactly. it's it's hard not to like get lost in it almost so I totally feel that yeah but yeah just I love it and it's my passion just like you and yeah I'm just you know educating people like of what I I know we're gonna talk about the master the sales call in a little yes. bit but yeah it's just um that's kind of like my my niche for my coaching program is getting the leads and mastering the sales call. Right. Love that. That's amazing. So when it comes to shooting, then what do you find yourself shooting on? I like to ask our guests this just because I like to see like what everyone, you know, prefers. I don't know. Yeah. You said, what do you, what do I like shooting on? Yeah. Like, uh, what camera do you use? What lenses are like your oh, favorite? Yeah, yeah. I started with a really good camera. So that was my, in my favor. Um, I think I was like a D3S Nikon. Okay. And it was like a 6K camera, like right off the bat. Yeah. Um, and I, I felt like my 85 1.4 was like my baby. Mm -hmm. I would like stand super far just to get that bokeh. Yeah. Um, but now I just, I have a Z7 mirrorless and then I love my little Fuji and it's not even expensive. I have like a $300 lens, which is used like it's a 35, but, but yeah. it's full frame. And then, um, I just like shoot really differently. I shoot really like much slower. I used to be just a crazy maniac. 
Yeah. I'm just kind of like, okay, get the shot. Okay. Got it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You're not messing around with like taking a billion shots. Just to make sure you got the right one. You know, you're just like, I trust that I got it. That's, that's amazing. Yes. (laughs) I did have one question before we start to get into some of this like good education stuff. Um, I noticed on, I did, I did creep on you a little bit. Um, and I noticed that you, <laughs> you have, do you have a team of photographers then? Cause in your bio, I noticed you said we, instead of like I, so you have a team of photographers that works with you then. Yeah. I'm really trying not to shoot so much. So okay. I have two kids. Um, and I shot so much last year, 2021 and just got really burnt out and I was doing the coaching thing and I just kind of realized like, I just don't want to have all my weekends gone. Right. So okay. I team. I've been shooting with them for like forever and super okay. reliable. And I feel like if you shoot with someone for a while, then you kind of like are similar. Right. Yeah. Okay. And do you feel like that has helped you kind of expand your business to like get more bookings or are you just doing like the weddings that you would have shot someone else shoots instead? Like, are, did you expand it or did you just kind of keep it at what you would have shot? I think that they rather had me as a photographer. Um, I think that's one of a mistake. I didn't really brand it as a team for a long time. It was all about like me, me, Mm -hmm. everyone was like Carissa. Um, I think that's maybe a learning lesson for your listeners. Like if you do want to expand to just focus on like we, our values, like the team, highlighting the team, if you want to book them. Um, But you know, some people will book my associates, but, um, they do prefer hiring me. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That, that's how I feel too. I offer associate packages, but most of the time, like people are just like, are you free? Like I want you to shoot it instead. And I'm like, Oh, like, you know, cause you want to be in multiple places at once, but yeah. you can't be. So yeah, I feel like I have FOMO when it comes to weddings. Like I have a fear of missing out on like, if someone comes to me and I'm already booked, like I still want to shoot it, which is kind of like why I did associates. But I just feel like sometimes associate weddings are like more work. I don't know. Like, you know, like there's extra communication because you can't be there. So it's like extra work on the back end. Does that make sense? No, thank you for saying that because it just like solidifies like what I already feel. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I love associate weddings. I, yeah, it's just, I recently have had like mixed emotions about them because it's just like, I want to be there and I can't. And it's just like, I feel like for me, it's just hard. Like emotionally, I'm like, I just want to be there and I can't, and it's just is weird. So yeah, I mean, really weird. It's like, um, like you're, you're right. Like you feel like this emotional connection with your clients, but it's different when it's an associate and then you have to act like you like are that emotionally invested, but maybe like, I'm not saying you you're not, but maybe I'm not. (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, it's true. And then when you like send an associate to go shoot it, it's like, you want them to be as invested as you are, but they're, they're just not going to be because it's not their own client. So that's also hard too to like find someone that, cares about your business enough to actually represent it well it's you know it's just this whole balance I don't know yeah I'm trying honestly not to do it but it's the only way I've been trying to make money for the past 12 years so it comes in but I rather I prefer making money on the coaching it's very Mm -hmm. less liability right Um, but until then yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) cool so let's get into some of the topics for today um I want to start by just talking to you about like getting into weddings and stuff so my first question for you is like 
how can a beginner who's listening get started in wedding photography? I know you talked about how you got started, but what are some ways that a beginner can start getting bookings? Yeah. I mean, you just have to have a solid portfolio. I think people miss that. It's such a key factor. It's yeah. maybe to me and you, but not to everyone. Like, mm-hmm. why aren't people booking me? It's like, because you don't have any like portfolio work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you could just ask photographers to shoot with them. And, you know, if you ask enough photographers, you'll get people to say yes. And um, they'll let you use their photos. You'll probably have to tag them on like Instagram, but right. you probably don't have to tag them on your website. Yeah. And, yeah. Just get your foot in the door and shoot as much as possible to find like who you are as a photographer, like, and yeah, hone into your niche. Right. Yeah. I definitely feel like a lot of photographers are like, how do I find my style? How do I get more bookings? And it's like, you have to keep shooting. Like you have to keep just like discovering your photography. Like no one else can do that for you. You know, when at the end of the day, it comes down to you as the creative. So you have to keep trying and shooting and building your portfolio. I think a portfolio is like, obviously like portfolios have been around for so long, right? Like in art, in art portfolio, like that's just, it's just a thing. Like you have to have a portfolio, but like, it's so true. You have to be able to have photos that people can picture themselves in. So if you want to be booking elopements, if you don't have elopements in your portfolio, it's going to be a lot harder to book an elopement versus if you have one. Um, so like the question, the question is always like, how do you build your portfolio? Um, and you said, you know, style shoots and stuff like that. And just you know, going and asking someone to shoot with them, which is awesome. So, yeah, I mean, show what you want to shoot. Like, even if your shoot is kind of not up to par, I would say maybe don't even post it or don't mm-hmm. put it on your website. Like your website only needs maybe like 15, like solid photos. Like if you have more, like it's better, but right. um, rather just show like what you want to shoot and just leave the subpar ones, like, you know, in your gallery. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So, um, with you being from like the LA area, I wanted to ask like, how have you managed being a photographer in such a competitive area? Um, I, I meet with a lot of photographers who really struggle with the fact that where they live, it's just so competitive. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask like, from your perspective, like how did you kind of manage like setting yourself apart and all of that? Oh yeah. That's a great question. Um, I guess in my mindset, like I didn't know any different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually was lucky be- because I started, um, really young. So time was definitely on my side. Yeah. So I could learn slowly, you know, how to make an album and mm-hmm. how to blog, how to do SEO, you know, um, take my time with things. But I feel like nowadays, yeah, it's super competitive. Like, you know, I, I started when there wasn't even the wedding blogs or Pinterest right. or Instagram or anything. <laughs> So I still look young, but I'm not <laughs> got a little makeover for my birthday, but I feel like now, like it's really important to hone into like your niche. So okay. if you're going to like shoot at certain venues, like maybe you should be very specific about those venues, like in South Bay, where I live, like there's a lot of waterfront venues mm-hmm. and, you know, you could, um, coin yourself as like the South Bay photographer or, okay you know, you could coin yourself, like you said, elopement photographer in the certain mm-hmm. area. Um, yeah. You gotta be very specific. And then obviously yeah. there's like marketing, you have like your newsletters, you have your lead magnets, you have your content marketing, um, mm-hmm. you have your brand marketing, your reels. So I think it's definitely doable for 
um, anyone. You just have to have like really clear messaging and obviously like a stellar portfolio. Right. Yeah. I really like that. If you are saying like, I like, I'm an LA photographer, like that is going to be like the, the worst thing you can do. Cause it's just like, cool. There are like literally 5,000 other LA photographers. So I like that idea of kind of just like narrowing it down to like one location, kind of like saying like elopements or weddings or couples or whatever, even where I live, it's not even like that big, but I try to get so specific with my city because mm. I want to book people in my city, yeah. um, like in my area, because like one, I know the area best, but also like, I know there are people getting married around me. So like, I'm just going to advertise to my specific area. And then yeah. sometimes I'll do like a generic, like Michigan hashtag or, you know, go uh-huh. a little bit broader, but for the most part, try to keep it in the city because you know, that's, it's easy. It's like someone wants a photographer who's near them basically. Yeah. And like, I, I shoot sometimes at like Malibu Temecula, which is quite a drive for me. Mm-hmm. And when I come back home, I'm like exhausted. Right. Yeah. If I shoot a wedding, like in Palos Verdes or Redondo, I'm just like, I'm already home, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or it's, it, it's definitely nice to kind of stay where like your base totally like sometimes it's nice to drive a little bit but that can get exhausting and if you advertise in areas where you're gonna have to drive like you're gonna have to drive or even fly you know so yeah it it definitely helps to keep a home base um I wanted to ask you for your like wedding process um kind of walk me through what steps you would take a client from inquiry all the way to delivery so you know like what are your steps in the wedding process yeah I guess this will like allude to like our hot topic but Mm -hmm. I feel like um when I get the inquiry I actually text them okay so a lot of photographers don't and some people say like they don't like it but if they don't really don't like it they could just not text you back right right (laughs) but usually people it's like texting is like you know so easy and fast so I Mm -hmm. just try to hop on like a 10 minute introductory call with them okay so you when they reach out, you get their phone number and then right away you text them. Do you kind of have just like a template of what you would send everyone? Like congrats. Like, thanks for reaching out. Like do um, I start the process by an introductory phone call and do you have time to chat today for 10 minutes from this time or this time or tomorrow from this time to this time. And usually 10 minutes they have um, like the luxury to hop on and also yeah. they're very excited. So they're not completely like, in, uh, overwhelmed with like inquiries yet and uh, not inquiries, but like vendors reaching out to them or, right. you know, people, uh, their parents throwing vendors down their throat or friends. So okay. kind of like want to talk to me. Okay, cool. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. So after, after that, then you do the, um, the introductory phone call, then what do you do? Like what, after that? Yeah. So I, I kind of pick their brain a little bit, like get them excited. And I actually start off the call saying like, thanks so much for hopping on the phone with me. I'm such a phone person. Like a lot of things get lost in translation and like emails. And I actually mm-hmm. want to make a connection because it's very important to me in my yeah. process. And they're like, Oh my God, me too. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And then, so I just kind of pick their brain, like basic stuff about their wedding. And then I ask them like, do you, um, I'm going to send you a proposal, but um, does your fiance want to be involved in like the booking process? And most yeah. of the time it's yes. I would say like 75% of the time it's yes. And then 25% of the time it's no. Okay. So I'm like, well, that just saves me a, another Zoom call. 
But right. if they do want to be in the process, um, it's a very like easy sell because I already send them the proposal. So um, getting on the, a Zoom call with me, it's pretty short, like a 20 minute, 30 minute call, depending on how like chatty they are. Yeah. Um, you could kind of vibe like if they want to get off or they're they're busy or they want to have more questions. Okay. So, but yeah, it goes like max 30 minute uh, Zoom call. Okay. And walk them through like an album and get to yeah. know them a little bit more. Okay, cool. So you do the text introductory call and then you do a separate Zoom call with the 75% of the time with both of them. And that's kind of where you would do kind of like the sales type of thing. Yeah. And well, I say sales kind of in air quotes because we, you know, that's kind of like a sleazy word and it's not really I know, sales. That's totally. Yeah. And then you'll send a proposal based on kind of like what they're looking for photography wise. I actually send the proposal like after the introductory call. Oh, okay. And I actually ask them like their budgets. So oh. I say, like, you know, we were talking about associate photographers earlier. Yeah. But if their budget's too low, then I just say like, you know, my associates um, a little bit cheaper for obvious reasons. Okay. Then, when I say that, they kind of feel like they want to have their budget higher. Yeah. Because they want to get like I don't know the more experienced photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, like the little mind thing. Um, but yeah, so. For the Zoom call, it's just very conversational, just like like we're having, like getting to know each other and then yeah. talking through them through like deliverables and um, like what they should expect and like how I um, how I work and my approach and everything like that. Okay, cool. So then I guess like my next question for you is like, mm, like, okay, for these sales calls, how do they... <laughs> I'm really struggling to think of my words right now. <laughs> so, so basically how are these sales calls like translating over to booking? Do you think that the call itself does impact whether or not someone books with me with you? Like these calls are why someone would choose to work with you versus someone else? I think so. Like, yeah. I feel like it's kind of think of it as like a podcast, right? okay, me and you, like, we don't know each other. Mm-hmm. And now we're like face-to-face having an hour long conversation. And right. then by the end of it, we're like so connected. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I, I know like you're, you're easy to talk to, you're personable, mm-hmm. you're fun. Right. And you're asking me really good questions about myself. You're, you're a very good listener. And then by the end of it, like I'm in love with you. Right. And that's kind of the same with the client, you know, it's yeah. like, you're kind of creating that connection. I really like that. First, I like the texting part. Um, I my texts are so like disorganized. So I don't know if I could do the texting, but I like that idea and I really think that's great. And then just offering like, hey, let's hop on a call real quick. A lot of the times, wedding vendors, like specifically like caterers and venues, like they are so slow to respond. Mm. Like from my personal experience planning my own wedding, it was like five days. I would get like a two sentence response from a venue. And I'm like, it did not, it's not that hard. So I like the fact that you're kind of giving them that instant connection. You're willing to hop on that 10 minute call. And then right away you're like, I'll send you a proposal. Cause I think once you send over the proposal, that's when it feels real. 
right? Like that's when it's like, Oh, we're booking a photographer. I just got a proposal. Um, and you, you really book with the person that you make the first connection with, in my opinion, like you keep Uh going back to that person that made the best first impression first. So, and I even tell them like, I'm going to send you a proposal and I'm going to text you when Mm -hmm. I send it. So it doesn't get lost in your email. So I'm very like, if I, if they're going to book with me or not, like, I know, like, it's very apparent, like, and I told them, like, if you're, if you're going to book with me, like, I'll know, like, right away. And right. not like, I probably won't hear with you from you. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So your sales call, then that's the 20 to 30 minute zoom call, correct? Yes. Okay. So walk me through, like, exactly what you're doing on these calls. Like what are your strategies? What are some of the things that you say specifically to the clients to kind of like that you feel works well? Yeah. So first of all, you have to lead the conversation mm-hmm. because if you don't lead with it, then they they feel like they have to lead and it actually just gets too long. Right. Um, and I know some of my friends, like they, they do really long sales meetings and it just becomes like this BFF talk where you're just shooting the shit. And I yeah. feel like it just, I, I don't have time for that. Um, yeah. Like I'm not trying to be their best friend. I'm trying to get them the best images and have yeah. like the energy, but okay. I don't want another life story for okay. sure. Okay. Yeah. So I just start off with, um, you know, thanking them for getting on the zoom call and then just telling them like, I'm going to be leading the call and asking them good questions, but I really want to like dig deep on like getting to know them and understanding like what their needs are for their wedding yeah. and being super pumped for them. And then, um, I just say like, can I ask you a couple of like photography related questions? And they're like, sure. And one of my favorite questions is like, what are you looking for in a wedding photographer? So that kind of opens up the whole like conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll kind of tell you what's on their mind. And some people are just going to be super generic. Like, oh, I want like candid, you know, we're so awkward. We're not models, you know? And I'm just like, oh, no worries. Like we're not, no one's models. Like, don't worry. Like um, I'll warm you guys up and right. um, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, I kind of walked them through an album viewing. So I have like my favorite album. I just screenshotted it, put it in Canva and then walk them through the day. And as I show them like this gorgeous album of like my other past clients, and I'm kind of asking questions about their wedding, like a first look, you know, um, you know, their family dynamic, are there big big dancers, details, you know, Mm -hmm. style, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of like could go off the cuff on like what they are talking about, but basically you're just kind of demonstrating like this gorgeous album and having them see themselves in your work. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's really cool. So what would you do if someone wasn't a good fit? Like if they're talking to you and they're just like, I want really, yeah, I don't know, like really stiff photos. And we really like, I don't know, something that's just not someone that you would book. Like, what would you do then? Yeah, it just depends on like how bad you want it. For me, like wedding photography was my only like source of income. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't live with my parents. Like I had um, an apartment, so I kind of had to make ends meet. (laughs) Yeah. So I would want to shoot them unless they're like really weird. Um, But you just kind of, I would go off of like what they're saying. Um, Right if they want like super stoic photos and they'll get super stoic photos and we're going to say, Oh, I just want candids. That's all I want. And I'm like, for me, I'm so directive, but of course you get candid, you know? (laughs) Right. Okay. So if someone, it's really just like most people are going to be a good fit for you if they're 
at this point in the process already. So you, you really don't get people who aren't a good fit at this point is kind of what you're saying. For now, because I don't really want need it anymore because I have the second source of income. Right. And I am like super choosy about who I work with. And if I think they're like those type of clients where they're just asking for too much mm-hmm. then I'll kind of refer them to someone else or just kind of the conversation will be a little bit more dry. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So when it comes to calls, then like, why do you think photographers should favor calls over emails? Um, cause it sounds like that's what you do. So like, why, why is that the case for you? I think for me, I was in the situation where I think my work maybe just wasn't selling itself by itself. And okay. if you can do that, um, then I think it's easier Mm-hmm. you have your prices on your website and you could just have them, you know, hit a link, uh, or hit a button and just book. Right. I think that would be honestly optimal situation. Okay. But when, um, in my situation, it was just like, I was getting a lot of inquiries and then my booking rate was just pretty low, like okay. lower than 50%. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I had to find a better way, like to get in their heads. Um, and after yeah. talking to thousands of brides, like, you know, what to ask and like how to get in their heads because you've been doing it for so long and talking to so many brides. So I was yeah. like, I actually genuinely want to make a connection with you guys. And right. I tell them that's what makes me stand out as a photographer. Like, that's why people tell me like, oh, I really see the personality shine in your photographs and they feel so comfortable and having the best times of their lives. And, um, and that's like what makes me stand out as a photographer. And it starts with the connection. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I love that you, you know, what makes you stand out. I think that's really important that confidence, um, you know, cause like you said, like sometimes your work doesn't always sell your service. Um, and knowing and pinpointing what makes you stand out and why someone should book you having just the confidence of being able to say like, I'm a great candid photographer. I work great with bridal parties. Families love me. Your mom will love me. Like I'll be your right hand man, whatever it is that is your selling point. Like just knowing that and communicating that. I think that's so it's literally so underrated, but it's actually like what people want to hear. Like, I feel like all the time on calls, I get asked like, why, why you, like what makes you different? And I'm like, I should be selling that in the first place. Like that should be kind of like my intro going into it is like, I'm not going to wait for you to ask that question. I'm going to tell you like, this is why I'm valuable and why you should book me like straight up. So yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that like, you kind of brought up something that um, struck a chord with me because I've coached a lot of students this past year. And one thing I found that people were doing, which I've, you know, have done it too, is you start giving, you start becoming a little desperate because you want the the booking because they're talking to like five other photographers or 10 other photographers. Mm -hmm. And you start like giving stuff like, oh, don't worry. Like, I'll give you like an extra, like 20 by 30 album or 20 by 30 canvas, or like, yeah, I'll go to the vendor walkthrough or like, yeah, I'll give you that extra hour. And then it actually is a very like slippery slope 
to them just kind of asking for more. Right. And instead of that is just, you have to bring value to yourself. So even if it's like a little compliment you got from like the mother of the bride before, or like you stay the day because their electricity went out and you had like external um, lighting or like you let your bride like borrow your, your slippers or your shoes because her feet hurt or mm-hmm. like you had like eyelash glue when her eyelash fell off. Like just like little things like that, that make you, that add value to yourself and what makes you unique. Like you said, stand out. Right. Um, definitely better than going the whole like discounting rate because going in that route is not fun for anyone. Right. Yeah, totally. So do you, do you create like custom packages for people that hop on calls with you? Like when you're sending these proposals or are they just packages that you already have set in place? That's actually a really good question. I do have like my set packages, but I will create custom proposals for people because for me, I, I know how hard a wedding is going to be. So mm-hmm. like, you know, 50 person um, wedding in South Bay opposed to like a 350 Indian wedding or Vietnamese wedding for 12 hours. Right. So much different. Um, yeah. They're going to, their package is going to be a lot higher okay. um, than, you know, like just a beachfront wedding with that, a venue I know so well for like six hours. So, right. Okay. Yeah. So then you just kind of like put together like, kind of like based on like hourly and what you're comfortable charging for six hours, you just kind of send off to them. Do you ever include like an engagement session or like a second shooter for either packages? Yeah. So I do everything. The proposal is kind of based on what they say in the introductory call. Okay. Uh, if I get lazy. I'll just send them like my, my link to packages mm-hmm. and they're a little bit more pricey. Um, but for the, if I really want the deal, like I'm very specific about my proposal. I make it in like Dubsado and this okay. is kind of something I teach because it's so kind of complicated, but I even, um, I, I literally put on the proposal, like everything they want and don't want. And I state it like, Oh, you, you said albums are very important to you. So this package comes with the album and, you know, if they're Indian, like the photos in the proposal, they're going to be Indian weddings. Or if it's a beach wedding or a garden wedding, it's going to be like a beach or a garden wedding. So I'm very, very detailed about that because if they feel like, oh, I really listen to them, they're, you know, most likely or more likely going to hire me. Okay. So since we're talking about pricing, you mentioned Dubsado, um, which is similar to HoneyBook. I talk a lot about HoneyBook, but kind of like talk me through how you use Dubsado and, you know, kind of like that whole process for you. Like, how do you, like, what do you use it for basically? When I found Dubsado, it's similar to the HoneyBook, like you said, but when I did find Dubsado, I thought it looked beautiful. Just everything, um, the proposals and I'm kind of doing like the extra step because I use 17 hats. Like I do everything in Dubsado. Yeah. Um, but because I've been using, I hate like switching systems Yeah. and I just, yeah, I just, I feel like something could happen and I could like miss something. Right. So I use both, um, which is extra work, but, um, I use it more for like the proposals and some workflow things. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, say I give them proposal and I ask them a couple of questions. I can say like, what are you most excited about for your wedding? And, you know, submit the proposal and, um, yeah, that's kind of how I use Dubsado. Okay, cool. Yeah, I use, so HoneyBook, like I said, is very similar. I'm very like, I like to have everything all in one place. Um, so you using 17 hats, honestly good for you because I'm like, I, can, I can't I can manage all the softwares that I'm using. You know, I got 
I have like literally so many softwares and subscription things that I have. So, um, yeah, it's so nice to have everything in one place. Did you have someone like set it up for you or did you just kind of figure it out on your own? Yes. Uh, I have this girl, Lisa on my team. I don't even know what like her title is, but okay. she, she just like on retainer. Um, but she set up all my Dubsado, um, workflows and she's made my life a lot easier. I hired her back in the day, like for my branding mm-hmm. and she had everything in Dubsado and it was so like impressive. She yeah. would give me like a logo and then she would have all these questions and then it would like send you like another form. And I just thought like, wow, like if I could implement those type of things in my business, it's very impressive. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. It's nice to have someone kind of set it up for you too. Cause sometimes I feel like these systems can be so overwhelming and we're like, like we're not technically always like technical in that aspect. So it's good to kind of have someone go set it up for you. Um, but I love just having like a place where I can automate things and just make things easier for my client. I think it all comes back to kind of like client experience where like, if I were the client, I would want my photographer to have just like a nice looking proposal and Uh an easy to pay invoice and, you know, be able to track all of their emails and conversation. So I don't feel like I'm just getting lost in a sea of emails when I reach out. So I think systems like that are so good for, um, just, I don't know, prioritizing your client too, honestly. Yeah. It's funny because my mom was like the saleswoman, like very successful for forever. And she had one PowerPoint template that she used like for whatever, 10, 20 years. And I feel like if she didn't have that template, she wouldn't know how to use it. And right. same with Sato, like this girl had made me all these templates. And if I, you know, if I don't have the templates, I wouldn't know how to make it. <laughs> so right. like, like a little not techie. So yeah. yeah, it's okay. It's, it's understandable. <laughs> a lot of photographers, it's like, yeah, we might be good at like photography, maybe a little bit of design, you know, like some things that kind of go hand in hand. But when it comes to like, websites and like programs. It's like, do we need to really wear all the hats or can we pass that off to someone else? You know, can we get a template to help with that? You know, totally. And as you go through your business, like, I feel like the more automation that you could do the better. And so everything's not in your head because I have, you know, two, two kids and doing the coaching thing too. And it's just, it's too much to handle. Like your head's going to explode. Absolutely. (laughs) So when it comes to bookings, I wanted to ask you like, what is your best advice for someone who's struggling to get consistent bookings? You know, maybe they book like sporadically, but they're not booking as much as they want. And they're definitely not booking as consistently as they want. What, what advice would you have for them? I think definitely like you should make some reels like at least every week and you okay. should base. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a good way to like build a no tra- trust like factor. Um, and it's kind of like inviting them to speak to you mm-hmm. and you could do it different ways. Like you could show your face for like a couple seconds and then switch it to like your beautiful photos. Um, but those get a lot of traction. And I think it's important to have a lead magnet Okay. So a lead magnet is basically like a beautiful like PDF and it could be like location based, like your top 
five places a shoe in Los Angeles or um, even more specific, like five hipster places or five breweries to shoot at for your engagement. Something that people think it's kind of juicy and they want to give their email address in return for this beautiful value, uh, something of value to them. Um, That's a good way to get people in your funnel. And then this is what I teach in my coaching program, but you know, you have your email sequence of like, you know, five emails to kind of warm them up, like who you are. And then giving value um, because yeah, um, of course, if you've been doing this for like five, seven years and people maybe been following you and, you know, wanting to book with you, but that's not always the case for most people and it's hard to like warm them up. So right. the easiest way to warm them up is through the reels and through the lead magnet slash email sequence. Okay. And how would you, how would people know about the lead magnet? Like if someone isn't even aware of your brand, isn't on your website, how would they know that that exists? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you could tell people about it through social media, like Instagram or Facebook. You could mm-hmm. go on the Facebook groups so like bride and groom um, forums. You could do paid advertising um, ads, Instagram ads, Facebook ads, um, just, you know, to talk about it all the time, because it's the cool thing about it is you could just do it once and then keep like pushing that out. Um, okay. They keep like coming up with like crazy content all the time. So it's just like, Hey, I made this free, um, digital download and I'm really passionate about it. And I put a lot of work in it, like download it. Right. Yeah. No. And I, I think sometimes, especially with things like, like a lead magnet, I don't think it's bad to invest in paid advertising too. Um, you know, a lead magnet is something that you're gonna get clicks and interaction from because it's like such a big, valuable piece that you're offering literally for free. Like, I I don't think it's a bad thing to do paid advertising. You know, sometimes like paid advertising gets a little bit of a bad rep, um, just cause it, you know, you're paying and it just feels a little weird, but, um, when you're providing something that's so valuable like that, it's really going to be helpful. And if you make it location specific too, like you're going to get those people who are interested in like engagements or weddings and are based in your area. Those are the emails that you want to have, um, 100%. So I think that's a really, really good idea. Yeah. And you're demonstrating like your most beautiful work in these emails and kind of like sharing like maybe engagement tips or your favorite playlist for a wedding, but you're Mm -hmm. also sharing a little bit about like what makes you stand out as a photographer. And it obviously leads to like something that they could click on to book a sales call or just straight up book you if you're that badass. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So with, um, with the lead magnet and then like them putting their email in, how are you sending those emails? Like what, um, like do you use MailChimp or like Flowdesk or something? And like, do you have like a work kind of like a workflow or automation or do you like manually send those emails? Yeah. I mean, that's speaking to me and you of all our subscriptions, but yeah. uh, Oh yeah. (laughs) uh, Flowdesk. I use Flowdesk. It's only $20 a month, but you know, all those subscriptions add up, but I think Flowdesk is very beneficial because, you know, it is the newsletter, but that's Mm -hmm. where I keep my lead magnets and the email sequences. Okay. Um, That's what I teach my students. You could do it, you know, through MailChimp, like you said, or, um, a different, um, is it called marketing, email marketing companies? Mm -hmm. Um, but Flowdesk, yeah, it's so pretty and very user-friendly. Yeah. And once you implement it, then it's like, set it, forget it. 
Right. Yeah, that's so true. It's uh, yeah, it's almost like people are getting these personal emails from you, but you don't even like like you said, you don't like you forget about it and it's just like in place. But like these people are just naturally warming up to your brand, um, which is just it's awesome to be able to do that. It sounds like you do a lot of like email marketing focused strategies for booking and stuff like that. Right. I think it's very important because it's the best way to get retention. Okay. So after a couple of years of shooting, then you're going to, um, you know, have a lot of clients in your data database. Um, and if you're going to like host a mini session or holiday shoots or spring shoots, or, um, it's the easiest way to like get them all booked out really fast Mm -hmm. because a lot of people like want photos, but they don't even realize they want photos. Um, right. And you kind of make it seem like a little bit like, Hey, come on. Like you get this $30 off if you book at this time, or you, you have the early bird rate or, mm-hmm. you know, certain incentives, you get a, you know, a little print if you book between this time, and this time, and people just get like excited about it. And I feel like you want to, like, if you're thinking of like a long-term business, you want to just get like repeat business. Um, mm-hmm. and so many people will start their own business and they want to have like branding shoots for like Instagram or their website. So they're going to reach out to you because you want to be top of mind. Like, oh yeah, Carissa, like she's still doing this. Like, let me reach <laughs> out to her. Like we know we could trust her. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a really, that's really great. Um, I've always thought like when it comes to like mini sessions or, you know, just like, Oh, I'm offering a sale or I'm doing studio sessions now. Like you can post it on your Instagram story as much as you want, but Instagram decides who, who sees it, right? Like Instagram decides if it wants to be nice to you that day, or if it wants to absolutely tank your engagement and same with a feed post too. Like you know, based on the algorithm, it's, it's hard to actually communicate what you're trying to say to all the people that you want. So having an email list and just having all those clients just in one place and you know, at least that the email is going to hit their inbox that, that in itself is just so valuable. It's so important to have just like an extra resource and an extra means of communication in case social media or whatever, isn't favoring you or literally goes away. You know, it, yeah. it's good to have an extra, um, means of communication. No, you're so right. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I did want to ask you, this is kind of generic and you can kind of take this wherever you want. Um, but when it comes to like your 12 years running your business, what is like one of the biggest things that you've learned or like the biggest thing that has impacted your growth so far? Um, I think that you have to try to get on the vendor list. It oh, could, okay. Um, mm-hmm. I was really scared to get on for like forever um, because I thought I wasn't good enough. But I think you need to like have enough confidence in yourself to network with these venues mm-hmm. because it's like a huge source of referrals for you. Yeah. And these referrals are like hot, like they're yeah. ready book. They're, they're ready to pay the price. They're not going to nickel and dime you because you have experience at that venue. Right. Um, definitely have like the upper hand, um, to other photographers because you know, their venue better than them. Like, you know, the secret spots or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it really matters, but I think in the bride's eyes, like it does matter. Like someone like is experienced at their venue. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one thing I like to kind of 
preach these days, like on like my podcast and other mm-hmm. people's podcasts. Yeah. So how do you get on the vendor list? I'm, I'm asking, like, I might know this a little bit, but like, how would you get on a vendor list? Yeah. You just kind of have to, um, ask. <laughs> so, I know a lot of people don't ask uh, a kind of a very cold way to do it is to call them and just, you know, say that who you are and like, you want to bring them some treats, coffee. Mm-hmm. And if they like, like Starbucks or like Noah's coffee better, or if they like, um, donuts or just kind of mm-hmm. get in. Um, but an easier way is like, if you, um, shoot at a venue, kind of like chat up the venue manager for a little bit. And you literally have like two minutes to do it, but just yeah. kind of make good rapport and then, you know, offer value like headshots or team photos or send them sneak peeks or get their number, text them. Yeah. I'm such a, yeah. yeah, I feel like if you're in like my, my like text box, you're like, we're homies, you know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so if, if someone were to call a venue, that would be at a venue that they haven't shot at before. Right. Yeah, you could say like, oh, you want to do like a style shoot or okay, like, kind of saying like introducing yourself and bringing them like an album. It could it doesn't have to be like their venue. It's better if it is, but it could just be like a nice portfolio of yours and then offering mm-hmm. them some treats and then kind of following up and um, just kind of like it takes work. It really does. And people ask me like all the time, like, how much do you think I should spend? And I'm like, it's up to you. Like if you want to go big and maybe like the more the risks, like the better the return, who knows? Yeah. So yeah. like, I can't answer that question, but it's right. kind of just saying, Hey, here I am. I want to work with you and have a equally beneficial relationship. Yeah. And people like free photos, like even if it's their family photos or photo with their dog or team photos, brandy photos, Instagram photos, like mm-hmm. people like free stuff. We have a photographers have a lot of value to give people. That's like the kind of the cool thing about our job. Right. And I think venues too are more than willing to recommend other vendors because it offers their clients value, right? So when someone gets married, the first thing that they do is they book their venue. And then from there, if a venue is able to give out a vendor list and be like, here are the people that I think like have shot here before or that we recommend as a bride, I would be like, Oh heck yes. Like I'm going to, I'm just going to use this list. Um, I know my venue did that and it was awesome because I, it saved me an extra step of having to like go on Instagram or like go on the knot and try to find someone. So I think just like for the venues and for the vendors, it, it's something you want to do anyway. Um, I know I have a vendor list too. So yeah, I think kind of just like, you can even say like, I'll add you to mine if you add me to yours type of thing. Um, but it, really at the end of the day, it is all about relationships. I was, I was literally thinking about this. Um, like I think it was yesterday. I was just, I was literally just lost in my thoughts and (laughs) the idea of like you grow and like in photography specifically, you're, you grow a lot because of relationships. Like if you have like a good relationship with a wedding coordinator or a florist, and you just genuinely are trying to like scratch each other's backs, like, you know, hyping each other up on social media, shooting with each other. Like that's the best relationship that you can get. And like, I've gotten so many bookings from just that type of thing where this person repost my thing. I repost theirs. And we're just like, you know, friends in that way. Like that's honestly such an understated like thing. Like people don't think about the fact that it's just relationships. Like yeah. if you're going to grow, 
build some relationships and you'll get there eventually, you know? Yeah. And if someone to like, honestly ask me like, what was the best part of my job in the past 12 years? And to be like, totally honest, I would just say like working with your friends, Mm -hmm. like it's so fun. Like, obviously like I hire the second shooters that like, I want to hang out with for nine hours or 10 hours. Like, cause we're just being silly and like goofy and it's fun. And then yeah. we like miss each other. It's like, those are the people I hang out with the most. Like I don't hang out with like my real friends for nine hours straight. Exactly. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. You have to find those people that you like to work with. Um, totally. Even like going back to like associates and stuff, like just within the world of photographers, like have those like four to five people, or maybe even it's just like two or three people that you trust their shooting style. And you're like, I would work with you any single day at any single wedding. I could work with you for 20 hours and I would be like having the time of my life. And like, that's, that's like the fun of photography is the fact that there's other real people in the industry yeah. that you can connect with, you know, yeah, it's so fun. And you, you, you come home the, you know, the car ride back and you're just talking about everyone. Like, did you see that? Like, yes. <laughs> that's literally that's me. Sure. Like, wow. Like me and Charlie will always yeah. like, we like break down the wedding. We're like, okay, oh, during getting ready, like what happened? And we're like, Oh, like this thing happened or oh, <laughs> a, a button popped off and I had to go fix it. It's, yeah. You really get your besties for real. It's so fun. You're like, is that kid like, was that a first marriage or second marriage? And why doesn't she look like him? Or like, who is that kid that was like in the middle of the dance floor the whole time? Like, yeah, like, who is that? like do you think it's the groom's son? Like, just yes, you get really like into it. Yes. Okay. So, um, I think that was basically everything that I wanted to ask you, um, about your sales call and booking and all of that. Um, but if there was like one thing that you could tell yourself when you first started just to kind of like leave it I'll let you like drop the mic um one thing that you could tell yourself when you first started what would it be that's a good question I think I would say maybe to learn email marketing okay like just because we talked so much about it Mm -hmm. and it's kind of scary for people like even telling people to go like on flow desk and like email all their friends and family. They're like, you know, like I I don't want to, but I think at the end of the day, that's going to like serve you best because imagine like all those clients that you had and you like had them in this like database. Mm -hmm. And that's literally like, say you have, you shoot for two, three years. That could be like the whole span of your whole entire like career. Yeah. Like repeat business, like anniversary yeah. shoots, mini sessions, maternity shoots, family shoots every year. And then you're just like, you don't really have to market yourself so much or be like have anxiety of like when your next paycheck is coming. Yeah, totally. I know I was, I said I was going to let you drop the mic, but um, just, <laughs> I just have <laughs> one thing to say. The idea of like, like you can keep your clients for such a long time. Like you don't have to keep finding new clients, like maybe weddings and engagement. Sure. But like once someone's like engaged and married, you have like this opportunity of capturing their life as they go through it, you know, like maternity photos, like you said, newborn photos, family photos, even just like we're celebrating five years. We just want some nice portraits. Like you, once you're in a circle, like you're in the circle as the photographer. And I think that that's so important is being the photographer for a circle, for a family or a group of friends, like just being their go-to photographer. Like that's a relationship that you want. Like you just want 
to have a relationship with your photographer at the end of the day. You're going to, you're going to book someone again if you had a great experience with them at your wedding. So yeah, it all starts with just giving them a great experience and yeah, I'm just going on and on, but I love it. (laughs) No, you are a wealth of information, knowledge (laughs) and information. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Carissa, thank you so much for being on this episode. I literally loved having you on. You had so many good things to say. I literally am probably going to go implement a lot of what you said, but, um, before we peace out, tell everyone where they can find you and follow you and just like stay up to date with you. Yeah. So I can't wait to have you on my podcast. So I have a podcast. It's called get a heck yes with Carissa Wu W O O. And I talk to like wedding uh, photographers and vendors just like you. And my Instagram, my coaching Instagram actually got hacked. Um, <gasps> I'm trying to get it back. So I'm, it's been like almost two weeks. So it's been oh a while. Yeah. So they're going really hard. The hackers on like everyone's like DMing people, but it is, they changed the name too, but it used to be Carissa Wu. Um, but my photography one is Carissa Wu Photography. Okay. Um, so I'm hanging out there now. Okay. It was actually like kind of freeing to like get it hacked because I spent like a lot of time on it for okay. like years. <laughs> yeah. So well, it, just, it sucks because you, you've worked so hard and then it just kind of, you know, goes away and yeah. yeah and I was actually really thinking like what it was looking like finally. Um, I just didn't know like aesthetically how to like, you know, make it. And I finally got it to a place where I was like, oh, it looks really nice. And then it was mm-hmm. like gone. <laughs> Yeah. Oh wow. Wait, yeah, you could um text me. No, just <laughs> you could uh, go on my Instagram, find me, and my uh, website now is heckyesmedia.co, and that's like my whole coaching website. Cool. Awesome. Well, it was so great having you on. Thanks again, and um yeah, I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, keep my sanity No wisdom rushing in So much clearer now Getting a little bit hard